Uh, welcome back into the Lakers Multiverse, where we journey through everything happening in and around the Los Angeles Lakers. I am Michael Corvo, Lakers reporter for Clutch Points. I'm uh, Cooper Halpern, a Lakers reporter for Silver Screen and Roll. So uh, we've been off for a few weeks. Uh, Cooper, you started law school at UCLA. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, or maybe not. That. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, and so obviously it's been a little bit of a downtime in the NBA. There was a big Lakers trade that we'll talk about. Um, but yeah, so we are going to switch things up a little bit for this episode and likely going forward, um, to be transparent with all you listeners, uh, we are in the process of kind of reimagining this podcast, um, as we approach season two of both us potting while also covering the Lakers. Um, for those of you who don't know, Cooper and I love movies. Uh, I know a hot take. Uh, movies are good. Uh, we both uh, spent some time in film school-ish. You actually were at film school, correct, at NYU? Uh, I was in uh, the School of Individualized Study, but I took a, a little bit you of took some film here classes. and there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same with me. I was at USC studying uh, storytelling, uh, which, of course, encompassed film classes. Anyway, we both like movies, new, old, and weird. Um, they tend to be the center of our conversations personally when we're not talking about Lakers. Um, and considering the kind of obvious connections between the Lakers and Hollywood and of course, basketball and drama, um, we figured a potential new framework for this pod could be to sort of examine any given week in Lakers news, uh, via the lens of cinema. Um, so each week, uh, we're, or we'll figure out a, um, kind of a consistent recording schedule and release schedule. Um, but we're going to watch, uh, a particular movie, uh, maybe a new one, maybe an old one, maybe one we've seen a bunch of times, maybe something totally out there, um, that we feel maybe encompasses qualities, characters, or storylines that run parallel with whatever's going on or to whatever's going on with the Lake Show. Um, so, uh, for, for our first trial run... Uh, we've both rewatched the, in my opinion, classic comedy Zoolander, uh, which for reasons we will soon get into, uh, reminded us of some recent Lakers developments, uh, specifically the recent trade that is going to team up Patrick Beverly with his longtime nemesis, Russell Westbrook. Um, first of all, Cooper, just, we haven't really talked about the trade itself since it happened. Um, obviously a Russell Westbrook trade could happen any moment, but at four, at this, at time of recording, Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly are teammates. Uh, just your initial thoughts, well, your initial and then, uh, current thoughts on the trade. Yeah. My initial thoughts, uh, well, first I think all, they're different for me. They were different. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 am in, I think I'm in the same boat. Um, yeah. First of all, cosign all of that. Um, oh, great. Second of all, Cooper's in. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, hadn't considered it until this very moment. Um, I'm gonna start watching Zoolander right now. Actually, um, okay. no. Uh, yeah. So the the Pat Bev trade. Uh, at first, I was like, okay, obviously Russell Westbrook is getting traded in the next twelve hours, and then that has not happened. So um, that was like my initial reaction, and now I'm sort of like coming to terms with the idea of them actually teaming up. So. Um, I guess that's sort of like my immediate reaction. And then whether I actually liked it or not, I think, you know, it's frustrating to just deal with how Talon was ultimately handled by the, the organization. Like they did not put him in a position to see succeed. And, and when they did last season, he, he was pretty good. So, um, 
you know, he had he had moments in the beginning and at the end of the season where he looked like he could be a, you know, like a potential interesting playmaking guard wing type of player. But that just really didn't pan out. Um, and he's clearly not the off-ball guy that, you know, you'd want beside LeBron. Um, and I thought Stanley Johnson showed signs of being something. But Patrick Beverly is something. He's not maybe going to be, you know, he just, he is a good player. Like, he's a very annoying player to have on any other team, but he's good. He plays really good on-ball defense, which the Lakers had basically none of last year, except for maybe a couple guys. Um, and then they had, you know, almost no three-point shooting, except for LeBron. So, Pepev makes uh, spot-up threes, and he, and he can guard ball handlers, so... He addresses two really ser- serious needs for them in a in like a real way and not in a potential hypothetical goofy way that a lot of last season was. So like I get it. It's frustrating from like a asset management standpoint, but like in terms of you need to have a real basketball team entering the season. Um, it's a, it's a step in the right direction towards that. Um, so I, I think I think it made sense. Yeah, I I'm, I guess I'm with you and initially. Uh... I was sort of like, I just kind of at first glance was like, yeah, THC, Stanley Johnson for Pep Ev. That's, you know, two young guys, first of all, for a not young guy. Um, and I was sort of like, yeah, it seems kind of like a lot to give up. But then you think about it and THC and Stanley Johnson were going to be on the fringes of the rotation. Um, I think Stanley Johnson was kind of a breath of fresh, fresh air in a lot of ways for the Lakers last year, not just because of his energy and his defense on the court, but also just because of the way he talked after games and, sort of seemed to be like the one guy actually like openly being like we suck you know and this isn't good enough um whether that had any you know if if anyone in the locker room cared that he said that i don't know yeah but but he you know he was obviously i think laker fans who were probably or people like us who just watch every laker game i think maybe overrated him probably slightly just in terms of his contributions last season i mean he's still a you know kind of a journeyman who's going to be a fringe rotation guy uh, THT, I'm with you in the sense that, like, I think the kind of, and I tweeted something like this, but I feel like the saga of THT is sort of more disheartening than the trade itself. Like, yeah, the kind of fact that he didn't quite pan out and they, you know, maybe mismanaged his contract and he didn't quite develop the way that they wanted. And then they ended up trading him for a 34-year-old, like, all of that stuff. You know, we know the Lowry or whatever, like, all that stuff, I think is kind of more, up, you know, just, it's kind of just too bad. Um, in a lot of ways, but no doubt the Pat Bev trade. I, I mean, first of all, I think Pat Beverly admittedly was a little bit better than I thought last year. I think I kind of, the sort of lasting image, of course, of him is, you know, the play-in game, jumping on the scorer's table. And, yeah, and, he's and, he's a goofy dude. Like, he's, it's he's, actually, he's absurd. But Yeah, and we're going to talk about Zoolander in a second and, like, the parallels with the Lakers. And I do feel like there's something a little bit, like, self He's almost become a little bit of a self-parody in some ways. I mean, yeah. he'll go on yeah. first take yeah, and say a bunch sure. of stuff. Like, and, and yeah, I think there's just prob- no way that he believes all of the things that he says. Yeah, but he is still a good player and certainly fits with what they need. I mean, I think he's the exact – he actually said this on first take that when he did the whole – or whatever show he was on when he said it, when he did that morning on ESPN or the whole week, whatever, where he's basically like, I'm exactly what the Lakers needed last year. Just somebody to do yeah. like the dirty work and and embrace their role and all the stuff that Darvin Ham talks about all summer, um, and so I do think it like makes the Lakers better tomorrow. I mean, they basically get a starting caliber point guard for two fringe rotation pieces, and uh, they don't trade a draft pick for it. 
And they also, Pat Bev's contract, of course, comes off the books next summer, so which is valuable to them. Um, so anyway, yeah, at first, my first reaction was like, yeah, it's kind of a lot. But then I kind of, but then upon, you know, thinking about it more, you know, I get it. Um, yeah, and I think there's a chance I... there's more dealing with the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Ooh, possible. Um, something I like about Pat Bev that I noticed more, he probably had more opportunities to do it last season also, but I noticed while watching him on the Timberwolves is he, he really is a good uh, floor reader. Like, I mean, obviously it showed up in his defense for a long time, but he was asked to do a lot of secondary playmaking yeah. um, for that team, connecting units that didn't necessarily have D'Angelo Russell in them. So there was a lot of like pass, pass drive to Pat Bev and, and he was like doing a little bit more than I feel like I was used to seeing him do as like the off ball just guard, and and I think the Lakers really need some more of that. They have now. We'll get into the the synergy between Russell Westbrook and or, or opposite of whatever that is, and with Russell Westbrook and Pat Bev. But like they had so many record skips, and they would have you know there'd be a pass to like a good shooter who can't dribble, and then th- that guy would. Pass to a guy who uh, can't shoot but can pass and play. You know, so it's just like all these pieces that couldn't fit together. And Pat Bev is just like a pretty solid at everything kind of guy. So, like, he's going to be able to attack a closeout and then swing it to the right man. Or he's going to be able to open, you know, hit the open three that forces a closeout. Or, you know, there's just a lot of, like, he's going to do a lot of little things that will make bigger, better pieces connect uh, more easily, you know, like yeah. like lubricant between like the biggest cogs that sort of run the whole machine. Just yeah, LeBron and, AD. Yeah, and I think also the age thing. Like the the Lakers skewed younger this offseason. All the free agents were under thirty, which they needed to do. It doesn't mean every guy has to. Be, I mean, they're still on LeBron's timeline. So adding one thirty four year old, still you know whatever. Like it's not. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, so okay, that's. I mean, he could be. He could be if just you know, been cooked this off season. We don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like Trevor Reza fell off fast, but like he had a real NBA season last year and he was, he was pretty good. So yeah. And by the way, and that's a good transition. Derek Zoolander fell off fast. Uh, give me <laughs> your, what, what are your, it's over, give me your it's thoughts over. upon, so Zoolander is a movie that I had seen a lot back in the day, yeah. but not for a few years. Uh, and, you know, I was happy to rewatch it this weekend. What were your, takeaways upon rewatching the movie Zoolander and then we'll get into specific parallels yeah um I don't know if it's a movie that I've seen a ton of times but it's a movie I've seen a bunch of times um if that distinction makes any sense um no but it's it's definitely one of my sort of preferred like like slapstick 2000s comedies um it's smarter than you think it is like there's a lot of kind of inside jokes and like winks. Like, why is Gary Shandling like a yeah like a paper yeah. paper cutout and then he's in the like why I don't know I like it but like it's I like who's the last that. person who would actually be at this fashion <laughs> yeah, show yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't know like like which Gary is funny because there there's a great which I mean there's a lot of ways that this movie's you know uh, spook makes fun of the fashion world but is actually like good satire because it's actually accurate. And yeah. one of them is that because then there was the, I don't know if you saw this, but a few years ago, or maybe it was this year, whatever it was, I have no idea. Larry David was at like New York Fashion Week at like a show <laughs> on the runway. And he was just sitting there like arms crossed, looking miserable in the front row. And it was just like, why is he here in the first place? Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. Uh, 
this is, I noticed I even I don't know if I noticed this before, but there's a lot of movie references like to other movies. Well, the 2001 um, with the computer is yeah. There's 2001 with the yeah. computer. There's Deer Hunter. Um, What's the Deer the, Hunter one? Well, basically, like the trio of guys in the in the coal mine, um, like oh, in sure. Pennsylvania. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and that actor who looks like um, uh, looks like uh, Christopher Walken. I can't. Remember, I don't know his name. John the guy Voight. Who's the, John Voight. Yeah, he like yeah. looks like Christopher Walken. And Vince Vaughn is um, one of the guys. Yeah. And Vince Vaughn is one of the guys. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just got. Uh, it reminded me a lot of like the kind of entering the the plant early part of Deer Hunter. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's obviously the Godfather where he's like uh, with the Fredo scene with uh, with Ballstein. Um, he's like, yeah. he's like, I know, I know it was you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there's just quite a bit of like kind of meta commentary that sort of raises the level of the movie from being something that could be just really stupid. Yeah, I mean, a hilarious movie. I think you're right that, like, the top, there's, like, a top layer. I mean, there's a lot of funny gags and bits, and we'll get into some of them, but there's also this, like, just overall layer of satire that is just hilarious. Yeah. Um, that really captures, like, late 90s New York fashion world um, in, in a way that I think... It's, it's one of those movies that, like, I laughed a ton watching it, but I also, like, when I think about the bits and the jokes themselves... It's not so much laughing as much as I'm just like, oh, that's so genius. You know, like, it's yeah, in my own yeah. head. I'm just like, that's so smart. There's um, so many good bits in the movie that, like, you can throw out in, in conversation that is just... Yeah. Like, the, the Derek Lewis Zoolander Center for Kids Who Don't Read Good, like, that's oh, just God. a part of my... That's been a part of my life for years. Right? One of the funniest things, yeah. Okay. Center for Ants? <laughs> yeah, one of the great lines of all time. What is this, Center yeah. for Ants? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so let's... So, yeah, so yeah, the reason let's we... Do it. we so yeah, so the reason we did Zoolander is not just because it's funny or whatever, but because we were trying to think of in in within the context of the Pat Beverly uh, Russell Westbrook trade um, at the moment. You know, we got we've been getting reports that the Lakers still are going to try to make it work. If they can't get Russ traded, they're going to bring them all to training camp. And Darvin Ham is optimistic that those guys can play together. Um, Pat Bev, should we do a kind should of, we should we do what? a quick beef timeline? Just lay it out. Well, I mean, it's so it was, we can, I mean, it was, the thing is, it's a lot deeper than, like, there's a lot more moments of it, the more chapters to the story than I realized, just kind of going through it. Like, Pat Beverly, like, so it initiated, I guess, with Pat Beverly diving into Russell Westbrook's knee, taking Russell Westbrook out of the 2013 playoffs, which then the Thunder were the one seed that year, that's messed up their title chances. That is, like, fully a fair reason for Russell Westbrook to be, like, F this guy. Yeah, uh, but then but then Patrick Beverly like has done it other times. Like there have just been other instances where he basically like just to be a nuisance, like either dove or like fake dove into Russell Westbrook's knee. Um, mm. Which, if I was Russell Westbrook, I'd be like absolutely f this guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I really, I really yeah. would be. Um, and I don't think Russell Westbrook's the most like forgiving type. But even if he was, that that is like kind of you know bullshit. And and. Uh, and then they've had, you know, they've the traded, trick, right? they've traded the, barbs in the, the press where bit. Russ, yeah, which is, we've talked about this in the pod where basically Russell Westbrook was like, Patrick Beverly tricked y'all to think he's a good defender, which Patrick Beverly said, like, actually like hurt his standing in the league and getting contracts. And, uh, which is also ironic because Russell Westbrook, we've talked about that. He tricks everybody <laughs> into yeah. thinking that he like, you know, plays harder possession and all that stuff. But, 
Um, and I don't know. Is there, I mean, I'm, there's there's really a lot there. I mean, they've there's been multiple games where they've had to be separated. Um, just they've gotten heated. Um, I'm sure there's. Yeah, other he was public... one of the main guys last season doing the. I mean, he did the like stink face thing. Right, when, right. When last he was year in Minnesota, shots. he was yeah. like he stinks. Yeah. Um, so I totally get why Russell Westbrook was my part of him. I, I I feel like just from an outsider observer, I could see Patrick Beverly being like, you know, it's all just trash talk and fun and whatever. Let, let's go ball together. Well, Russell Westbrook's kind of like, hey man, like we are not cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. Apparently, Darvin Ham still wants to make that happen and thinks they can work together. Um, they are reportedly, if Russ, Russ does not get traded, uh, they are going to go to LeBron's little pre-training camp, mini-camp together. Um, I mean, they're both on the Lakers. They're teammates. Um, and Patrick Beverly seemed to extend an olive branch on Twitter, for what it's worth. I'm not sure Russ saw that or cared. Um, and... They uh, and apparently the Lakers do not want a John Wall Russ, so they they want to first try to make it work. That could last one media day, um, <laughs> but we'll see there. Um, so yeah, I mean, is, is am I, what am I leaving out, or is that sort of it? No, I think that's I think that's you know more than enough. I think that's you know the broad strokes. I just want yeah. to get the uh, the knee thing and the you know the classic comment on the table before we talk. I mean, they're arch nemesis. We we all know why. Yeah, yeah, there are arch nemeses. Uh, there's more to it, but that's the gist of it. Um, so anyway, we yeah. thought about Zulu. We're, th- we're thinking of like what's a movie to do for our first kind of experiment doing the podcast in this format. And Zoolander came up because we were thinking about movies where two longtime foes have to kind of team up, which mm-hmm. is something that certainly happened in plenty of movies over the years. Um, but uh, we wanted to do it in kind of, hey, we wanted to do a movie that was a little bit more fun than just some sort of like epic you know, whatever Western or something like that. Um, yeah. But also, but also, I think the more I thought about it, the more I think there are some obvious parallels between Russell There's some wild and Derek. Ones. There's really some wild ones in this movie where I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, like parallels this is between a movie Russ about and Derek Russell Zoolander. Westbrook. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like this is a movie written about Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we can get into them. I'll just give the kind of top line bullet list of like, yeah, some parallels, and then we can dive into what and dive into whatever. Um, one is of course the fashion thing that, you know, Russell Westbrook certainly has an imprint on the fashion world and and that's a big part of his life. Uh, two is that he's, I think this is the main one that I thought of first is that, you know, the sort of past his prime superstar. So Zoolander, of course, the premise, the opening, the the movie start, I don't know. We'll get into the brainwashing stuff and whether we can draw any parallels there or whatever. Okay. I didn't think about that, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the overall plot of the movie is, you know, the whole, but, but the, the idea of Zoolander, it starts with that epic scene of at the VMAs or or the whatever it is, the model awards, where Lenny Kravitz announces that the new male model of the year winner is Hansel and not Derek Zoolander. And Derek goes up to get the award, doesn't even hear it. He goes up to yeah. accept the award. Which, he la-la lands himself. Yes, and then he immediately becomes a punchline and the whole movie is about how he's kind of past his prime but won't accept it. Right. So which, of, which of course, is, is applies to Russ. Um, there's also that the kind of initial skepticism of the media, the uh, the journalist uh, played mm. by his wife and Ben Stiller's wife in real life, Christine Taylor, uh, who writes the Time Magazine article about how he's an idiot, and then he has to kind of he's sort of like you know screw you, and then of course they end up yeah how making he said amends. It, you know, it's a model a model idiot, and he goes a model idiot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that so that I mean I don't know if Russ and, and the media will reconcile the way that Zoolander and 
and Christian Taylor's character will, but that was one. Um, and then also the, uh, well, there's a few, few more here. Also him, you mentioned it, the John Boyd scene, Russ going home and, and it doesn't go well. Yeah. Was sort yeah. of a, <laughs> where he's, you know, maybe thinking I, I, if I can just, it hasn't worked, it's not working out. If I can just go home to be with my family, to be in my home, like mm, where I'm from. I like that. And of course, it, he's not accepted there and not embraced. And they basically are like, yeah. get out of here. Uh, and the, the the other one I had, the final one I had was, uh, one of my favorite jokes in the movie is that Derek Zoolander has one look. Mm. Like that, that Zoolander has no bag. You know, that Zoolander yeah. has... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Zoolander has bag, one look. Bag culture. Yeah. Yeah. That Zoolander... And, and, and of course, there's that, that hilarious thing where he's like somebody calls him out on it and he's like one look you know but every look is the same look and even when he he does mag when he does magnum at the end it's like it's also the same it's the same look and that's and and that is something that i feel like uh is classic rust where it's like he has no bag and he just sticks to his he's so stubborn about his game he's like i'm gonna play my game but sometimes it works (laughs) um Yeah, but I could see Russ being like, "No bag, no bag." Right, when his fastball was 110 miles an hour, all he had to do was throw the fastball. Right, right. right. If the look is that good, all you ha- all you need is one look. But and I feel you know, yes, you age and a I, little it, bit. It's that you have to adapt your game, right? And right. I feel like there's the um, I, I love that. Well, we'll, we can get into Wilfred Mugatu, but there's the yeah, um, the point where he sort of loses his mind on stage at the fashion show at the end, where he's like. Like this is what the one look thing where he's like, like doesn't it, where he's like doesn't anybody else like he's like all of his looks are the same doesn't anybody else see this? <laughs> like I feel like yeah. I'm, he's like I feel like I'm on crazy pills yeah <laughs> I feel, yeah. Like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills that's what I feel like sometimes <laughs> with like Ru- Russell Westbrook like stands where you're just like are you guys watching this yes. game like I feel like I'm <laughs> yeah. On, yeah. I'm on no crazy you're pills just too. watching the Rudy Gobert dunk on repeat you're actually yeah, not watching. right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, what, what? What are? What were some of your kind of? Okay. Well, I want to talk like, about something that you brought up to me. Um, yeah. Which was, which is the kind of like the no bag thing, but specifically that he can't turn left. Yeah. Like amazing so, joke in the movie that he can't turn. Amazing left. joke yeah. in the movie that he can't turn left. Okay. So like, Westbrook also does not go left. He drives right every single time and passes to the left corner. Like, this is, like, an old thing. But, like, he used to be yeah. so fast that, so like, you get away with it and at volume, whatever, whatever. Like, we know this. We know this about Westbrook. He only goes right. But how does Zoolander save the day, right? He turns left. He forgets that he did the look and that he saved the prime minister. He was like, oh, I went left, right, at the, at the end. Yeah, of the she's movie. like, that's incredible. He saves the prime minister of Malaysia from yeah. getting yeah. A, a thing thrown in his face. And, 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 and the reporter's like, oh, my God, it was amazing what you did. And he's like, I know I turned left. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, yes, yeah. that is great. But also, yeah. So here's, here's, my, here's my question. Can we apply the principle from Zoolanders to the Lakers? And can Russell Westbrook turn left? Like, what is Russell Westbrook's turning left? What can he do to resurrect his career? Or is it time to say – are you googly for his career? <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I think there are a lot of people writing uh, who are you googleizing his career prematurely. <laughs> um, 
uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it's a great point, though, because as touched on what we were just saying, Zoolander does adapt his game. He, you know, yeah. he does he does he does realize there's something greater than him than just his career than just his like he goes to save the prime minister of Malaysia not to be a great model he just does it cuz he realizes in the moment that that's what needs to be done for the greater good and that's what and that he taps into something that he didn't know he had right and it saves the day that's what the yeah. lakers want from russ you know re- remember this is bigger than you that this is not about right. averaging triple doubles and winning a, and winning M- 2017 MVPs or whatever. This is about you know evolving. Sometimes your game. you got to set a screen. Sometimes yeah. you got to cut off ball. Yeah. Sometimes you got to go play some defense on a on a on a two guard. Yeah, or or the Malaysian prime minister. This is you could say <laughs> Derek Zoolander is setting a screen, or he's he's playing yes. defense. Whatever he's doing, it it whatever you want to call it, it it works out. Um, the the Here's my question. Let's do some central mm. casting here. Okay. Because I think the Zoolander Russ parallel is obvious. Um, yeah. I think there are some there are some really fun stuff there. Um, some of the other characters are a little bit trickier to define. Who is Hansel on the Lakers? Well, I mean, is it not is it not Papev? I mean, are we not? So I think the the premise of the two nemeses teaming up. Mm. Is is definitely Pat? I mean, that's the ideas. That's Pat Bev, right? But I don't think Pat Bev and Hansel particularly share that many qualities. I think Hansel's super chill, and and is like an inst- and mm. is an uh, mm. antagonist or is a is is he's got Pat, a little Pat- bit of wild card in him. He's got a little wild card. Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, he's he. he but shows I, I hear the, what you're saying at the walk at the at the walk off. You know, he's he's yeah, and, he and also it. at the the tea gathering whatever you want to call yeah. that scene he shoots his shot for sure yeah um, um i have i have something that matches actually on your list that i think could apply here um okay. so the reason i think you could you might be able to still sort of keep that parallel of of pat bev and and hansel is pat bev so hot right two, now. <laughs> well 2k ratings which uh-huh. between yes. Derek about, Zoolander and yes, yeah, which between Derek Zoolander and uh, Hansel, whatever his name is, has a higher two K rating. Yeah, like, so guy, we, like cause, because we just saw that Pat Bev has a what a seventy nine and Westbrook has a seventy eight. Yeah, so, like which, which is I, hilarious. Yeah. Um, Hansel has to have a higher rating than Derek. So this was exactly what I was thinking. If I it's two K twenty if it's the new new version of the game, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're saying, yeah, it's contemporary two K to contemporary. Yeah, Zoolander. no, Hansel's like a ninety six, and Derek's like a ninety one. So this is what I think. I agree with that. I think I think we have like a ninety six, maybe 93, 89, something like that. But I think everybody wants to play with Zoolander because he's actually the better two K player. Like he's better in two K, but his rating is lower. Right, so like, you could you yep, he has like one follow. move. He's got okay, so like he could have a lower overall rating, but like actually playing with him in the game leads to greater success for the the individual player. Okay, because you can like, just do that one player. move over and over. Right, exactly. You have got the one look, right? So you've got the right. one look. He's got like the KD pull up. He's a ninety two. You know, Giannis is a ninety seven, but the and KD like, pull the, up is too the automatic. AI, the computer AI isn't going to like adjust properly. They're just going to let right. you keep doing exactly. that move. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I think I think 
Zoolander has the lower overall, but is actually a better 2K player to play as hmm. um, than Hansel. And so I feel like there's probably a similarity in there with Russell Westbrook and Pat Bev. I feel like Westbrook might be better in 2K than in real life um, still, although I haven't played 2K in a long time, so I can't really, can't really yeah, speak but, well, yeah, to that. No, but... It's true because what Russ brings to the table, like what Pat Bev brings to the table isn't really like a 2K stuff. Like you don't really care about like yeah, hustle exactly. plays and like like intangibles and gritty defense, yeah. all that stuff. You don't, but Russ can just like go downhill and get you a layup or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I was yeah. I was going to ask you the same question. Yeah. Um, I was thinking Darvid Ham maybe is Hansel here. Um, only because <laughs> I feel like he's not in terms of the just, – just, I mean, we're going to veer off the kind of exact – comparisons here but like yeah just just in terms a vibes of, analysis yeah <laughs> yes just in terms of like hey let's everybody cool it yeah like, come come on in like let yeah, me, yeah like, i like that because i one of my, maybe the best scene, i don't know the best scene but one of my favorite scenes is when they go hide out at hansel's place because it's like the last place so they find him and they have this hilarious scene he's telling all these stories he's like i've never even been to mountain vesuvius <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's a great that's a great which is so which um, is so funny yeah. but Bar- darwin Ham's or is he palinka that... is he palinka with the with the kobe stories that maybe or maybe didn't happen that's funny yes <laughs> palinka with the just fabricating stories entirely <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I guess uh, Hansel was actually copping to the fact that it didn't happen, so it might be right, might exactly. actually be point yeah, Hansel, he, but and there was it was drug fueled. Um, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> he's like making the, he's bringing the he's making the 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 bread. Yeah, um, I love that, that cool story. Cool story. Hansel is like lives on as like its Owen own Wilson expression. Is like hilarious in this movie, also by the way. Yeah, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. I mean, I cool loved- story, Hans, and cool story, or cool story, bro. Like, that was such a thing for such a long time after that movie came out. So, yeah. Like, I long after realize, the movie came out. Yeah. I, the one that I like in that scene is that when they're like, Earth, they keep saying, like, Earth to Matilda. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. she's like, stop doing that. And they're like, no, you don't get it. We're not actually saying Earth to <laughs> Earth. And then Hansel's just like, hello. Hello. <laughs> Uh, the one the one that kills me just every single time is when he's like it's sort of like the same bit twice but reversed like there's one time where zoolander is talking to matilda and he like explains himself by saying the same thing by explaining himself by saying yes. the same thing by explaining yeah. like he uses the same sentence three times in a row yeah yeah the same thing she's like and then she's just looking at him like <laughs> why are you still talking and then the other one is when he gets explained like what like the history of models by uh luke wilson right uh, yeah it's luke wilson no it's it's david duchovny yeah oh it's david duchovny the hand uh, model yeah yeah hilarious yeah the when hand he's model. trying to pick up the thing with the hand and he's like ah i can't do it. <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah he tells where, like, him, the models like telling him about the models yeah. yeah and then he's like but why are the models assassins? Yeah. <laughs> a Zoolander is after getting explained like a thorough explanation with like a yeah. animated yeah, yeah. scene. He's like, but wait, why are the models important? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I just told you that. Yeah, yeah. It's also yeah. so he's funny like, where yeah. there's a great like beat and then line reading when they he does the he you can see what path David Duchovny's going down because he does the John Wilkes Booth Lincoln thing. Yeah, and then yeah. there's like a beat and then he's like. Dallas, nineteen sixty three. Yeah, <laughs> <You just> <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah. funny. Um, 
yeah. Um, yeah, what yeah, does so, he say? He says the the two lookers on the hill and the grass yeah, yeah. the two lookers on the grass. And they're just like bros, like high five. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's too funny. Um, yeah. So, okay. Um, so yeah. So, oh, guys, so one more. Yeah, well, yeah. The phone, the phone. Yes. Hilarious. He's obsessed with his phone, but who else is obsessed with his phone? Russell Westbrook, every press conference. On his yes. phone the whole time, texting, not listening to the questions he's being asked, not giving answers, not understanding them. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Can't speak for him, but definitely into the phone. And as Zoolander says, like the phone is uh, as a part of him, something along those lines. It's like, Hilarious. This is as much as me of me as yeah, yeah. The phone bit is so good. He leaves the phone, but yeah, um, Westbrook, big phone guy. Also, as long as we're on the we're on the Hansel that scene, you know, I've, you know, I think the two best lines in the movie are probably "Center for Ants" and uh, you know, "I was bulimic," and then "You can read minds." Yes, yeah, is all time. Um, yeah. But uh, okay, yeah. So I just said Darvin Ham is Hansel just because I thought he was kind of a he was a diffuser. You know, he's kind of like, come on in. Yeah. No. Like, that's let's good. make it. Let's that's team good. up. Let's make it all work. Let's put all the the you know the vibes behind us bad vibes my question is who has moved got to because I, I i couldn't mm. really think of you know it'd be one thing if like it was that we we're talking about the knicks and then it's like okay obviously james dole you know whatever so gd bus is certainly not an asshole or any kind of evil person in any way um you know i i i i, I that's such a singular performance from will ferrell it's such an absolutely absurd character yeah, that is so very, good. very funny that when when he spills when he throws the coffee at his assistant and then they have that like moment where they stare at each other and are like mutually turned on by it it's it's so funny <laughs> yeah um, yeah there's a lot of physical stuff he's doing in that performance that it's like just it just kills me every single scene yeah i truly couldn't think of what like like i was like i think rich paul as maury ballstein is a pretty obvious connection i mean they're both kind of these kind cool. of like agents you know what i was thinking of for for maury ballstein would that be uh, Jimmy Goldstein? I mean, oh, okay. Like they're, they're, I mean, just like aesthetics wise, they're pulling off the same kind of fits. They do, yeah. And also, I also Jerry Stiller also this era Jerry Stiller kind of looks like Jerry Buss at this age. Also, yeah, I was also thinking that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was, I just sort of thought of Rich Paul as the agent maneuver kind of right. stuff. Yeah, I really couldn't think one. of parallels with like the whole like Malaysian prime minister, like. <laughs> um, you know, uh, wait. I mean, could it be? Could it be like LeBron, China beef? So, if LeBron uh, was coming to the aid of the Chinese economy by being anti Daryl Morey, I want to see how you land this. We did that. <laughs> We're flying through the fog right now. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure we can see the, the runway. Um, what if Daryl Morey is Ballstein? I have no idea where this is going. Well, I'm trying to think also like Nike, because part of this, the, you know, the kind of assassination plot in Zoolander is because the it's about it's child starts, labor. Right. That like the fa- like that the the kind of fashion. There's sort of this like I don't know what you call it. Almost like Game of Thrones style, like table of like fashion 
the emperor yeah, like, of fashion. It's like the Illuminati. Yeah. Yeah, the Illuminati, right? And it's sort of see, and there's like an Anna Winter kind of person lookalike and whatever, and they're sort of like, we have to kill the prime minister of Malaysia because he's going to ease child labor laws, and we need obviously child labor so we can you know make all of our clothes, which right. is this you know this sort of larger statement about the fashion industry that kind of hangs over the movie. And they have to brainwash Derek to to kill the prime minister. Uh, yeah, so I was thinking, I was like Nike, you know, <laughs> with you know that does shit yeah. stuff, you know, whatever. But so who yeah. does that does that make Phil Knight Mugatu? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yes, exactly. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes LeBron. Uh, LeBron oh, it makes well, LeBron here, the woman. LeBron is the what is her name? I, the the Russian woman, the the Jesus oh, assassin yeah. woman, M- Mila J- J- Jovovich, who you know the Resident yeah. Evil, yeah, where yeah, right, because yeah. she's she's Mugatu's henchwoman, who sort of is in charge with brainwashing Derek, and and, and models of the past. So it's almost like if LeBron was hired by Nike by Phil Knight to kind of <laughs> oversee this mission. But he doesn't want to be actually the one to do it because he is yeah. LeBron. So they're right. almost like, I guess it wouldn't be Russell Westbrook in this instance. It would be like some like lower level like clutch slash Nike. <laughs> no, he called on he called on Russell Westbrook. He said, "I want Russell Westbrook, right?" But then Russell Westbrook turned on him. Oh, for the trade you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He traded for him. He asked, "I want Russell Westbrook. I want Derek Zoolander." But yeah. it went all wrong. Ended up going. It, went, it ended up going all wrong, and it was the worst thing that LeBron slash Mugatu could do for their business empire. I, th- I think and we've nailed. I think we found a perfect parallel here. That's as close without as we're any come flaws. Out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think we could tease this out any further. <laughs> um, um, a couple other notes: um, the courtside cameos. I think obviously, you know, evokes Laker games in a lot of ways. The uh, you know, that's a big part of Zoolander is all the random celebrities that mm-hmm. pop up. Yeah. He's like, what is <laughs> where, he, where like Billy Zane pops up to like be a part of the, at the, at the walk off. And he's like, what does he say? Like, put a lid on it, Zane or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. There's something like that. Um, and then of course they, they're and David like, Bowie as David Bowie. Just, that's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, it's an iconic cameo. That's amazing. But then there's, you know, when they're brainwashing Derek and he's walking the, he's doing the walk or whatever. And they're like, don't be distracted by all the beautiful celebrities. And it's like Gary <laughs> Shandling or whatever, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. But also like, hey, you play with the Lakers. Don't be distracted by all the beautiful True. celebrities. Yeah. Um, True. Also, also, a lot of chop in this movie, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, yeah. Weird. Not surprising, yeah, considering there's a lot of 90s slash early 2000s New York movies that, that he makes an appearance in. But, um, uh, yeah, that reminded me. And then <laughs> the other thing I thought was, uh, this we mentioned that the, where one of my favorite parts of the movie is when they have this important these important files in the computer, these early Mac mm-hmm. computers. And and she's like the the Christine Taylor's character, the journalist, is telling Hansel like, "Okay, I've just emailed you all these files that will like bring Mugatu down, the blackmail on him." He's like, "They're in the computer," and Owen Wilson's like, "Oh, they're in the computer. Okay, I got it." And then later <laughs> in the movie, he he's like, "I got all these files about to bring you down," and he throws the computer. <laughs> oh, uh, you know what that is? I just realized that's 1984, like the Apple ad, the the 1984 Apple ad. What? 
You know what I'm talking about? There's no. a, like an Apple Computers ad. There's a 1984 Apple Computers ad where there's like a woman who like throws a hammer at a screen and it no. like shatters the screen. It's like the inverse imagery of exactly the same thing. Okay, I'm sure that's what Anyways. they are referencing. Yeah, yeah. I just I just felt like that was kind of like Kurt Rambis <clears throat> trying to figure out how to make how to like use analytics. <laughs> where he's just it's like, like he's just looking at like PIPM and like yeah, <laughs> looking at uh, like impact stats, just like tearing his hair out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then you know what I was thinking of early on. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, I was watching this looking for like Lakers connections, but I was I I mean this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Not that I have scenes really there where I'm like this is my least favorite scene, but I love the scene the the gasoline fight. Oh, it's where they're like spraying gasoline. They they go. Uh, what do they get? Orange, uh, orange frappuccinos, orange whatever. Yeah, yeah orange mocha frappuccino, whatever they get, yeah. and then they go and spray gasoline all over they each play other. The, and one the, guy lights a cigarette. They play the wham. The wake me up before you go go. Yeah, yeah. So that scene really reminded me of just the vibes around that like original picture from preseason last season where it was like, we got it guys. Like we like, this is the Olympic team. That's like genius. we're ready to roll. And yeah, it, it everything's out good. It actually just a gas fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's like the Lakers 360. Yeah. That was like, uh, yeah, it's like Trevor Reza and like Ken Bazemore. And like wait, yeah. DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard are all to spray the gasoline on each other. What's exactly. also so funny is at the end when they have the Derek Zoolander Center for kids who can't read good, is the the the, the fountain of of the guys. I don't know if you noticed yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, like, it's literally just like an Iwo Jima. It's like the Iwo Jima yeah. Memorial, basically. It's with so the funny. gasoline fountain. Unbelievable. I was thinking LeBron should rename his school in Akron. The- <laughs> <laughs> The that might James be too and, far. Yeah, that might be that might be too far. The promise uh, school, it's not it's not called the, that anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Um, but that did actually. I was thinking about Russell Westbrook because, and that's in the in, and we're talking about in sense of community because I think you know among the many great quotes in this movie, the kind of one of the more iconic ones, which is sort of in a way the kind of you know thesis of his character is maybe there's more to life than being really, really, really really ridiculously good looking and then he kind of mm. comes to turn he becomes to terms with you know maybe there's more to life than being a model and then the the open school at the end i feel like we hear a lot of that from russ after games <laughs> where he has like a bad game and he's like well i don't care about that like you know there's more to life than basketball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah he's like i actually don't care about tonight's game because i'm doing work in my community and and right. all that stuff and then like it's kind of like well have you heard about Still... my son named Noah? What? Yeah, Have yeah. You right. heard about my son named Noah? He had a bad day this week. Yeah, right. Exactly. And and I feel like Derek's got a little better perspective on than Russ, where he's sort of accepted maybe that he can transition into this next phase of his life. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure Russ totally has. Um, and and I don't know. That's that's sort of it. What what? Well, any other takeaways from this movie or or no no decent Lakers like news. We... No, um, I'm hoping. Uh, Do you think you know, Pat Bev and Russ can coexist? Let's say there's no, no trade. I don't really believe that Russ can exist as a positive and like producing NBA player. I don't really believe that because I don't believe. And now you draw the Derek Zoolander parallel on your own because I'm not going to make the explicit link, but I'm going to heavily imply it. 
Um, I don't think he has the processing speed to play off ball basketball. So speaking of Russell Westbrook, so I don't think he can play. I'd be a successful cutter and screener and, you know, help defender because I don't think he reads the floor quickly enough to do it. I, I, from what I have seen watching him play basketball. So, you know, again, well, not not making that parallel to do it, Derek Zoolander, but allowing uh, the listener to do it themselves. Well, I, I think it's interesting because we were talking about like uh, maybe you, you were sort of live workshopping this podcast, but sort of like, is there a kind of like, can we like have like a film term at the end of each episode mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, something from the glossary of, of, of movies that applies? And I was thinking about the term against type. I like you know, that. Which is, which of course means when an actor, you know, plays, they're usually typecast into a certain type of role and they play something kind of opposite of that. Um, which is sort of kind of the joke of the whole movie in a way, which is that like, of course, Derek Zoolander and Owen Wilson <laughs> would not be like, I mean, they're, you know, perfectly good looking people, but they would certainly not be like the, like the hottest supermodels in the world. I think yeah. that in itself is like kind of the funniest joke of the movie in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, with Darvin Ham's, Asking Russ do asking Russ to do play against type. He's yeah. like, I be- I believe this guy can be a off ball mover, role player, screen setter, defensive guy, everything that everybody knows. Corner three shooter. And you know, we uh, you, some actors can do it, and they can, and they can. I mean, this is obviously a comedic movie, and that's the joke. But if you're taking a serious movie, some actors can do it, and you're like, man, like that was really cool that like Matt Damon played like the bad guy or whatever and you're just, but sometimes yeah, what's you're your, like, it doesn't work. Sometimes off, you're just like, I couldn't get past it. It doesn't work off the top. What is your favorite or what is a favorite, uh, against type casting? Oh man. Uh, that is a great question. Um, I, I mean, I think Leo with Django is a little against type in some ways. Mm, that's um, a good one. I'm yeah. sure not my that's not my favorite. I'm just kind of, you know, openly brainstorming here. I really like Tom Hanks in Road to Perdition, uh, where he oh, plays. I've never seen that. Yeah, he plays in kind of a gangster, um, which is certainly against type. Um, I just had I have one. I have yeah. one one popped into my head immediately. Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder. Yes, I mean, great one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nobody saw that one coming. <laughs> And it's it's hilarious. I mean, it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that a Ben Stiller directed movie? Also, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, brilliantly, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, Honestly, holds up. But that's a that's another podcast. Yeah. So we'll see if Russ uh, can play against type this year. I was also thinking yeah. LeBron. Uh, or I or I I didn't even have a kind of complete thought to this, but there's that great moment where they're watching. <laughs> it's it's so funny. When he goes to the coal mine, and then uh, is at the bar with the with his dad and his sons, and his commercial comes on, of him as the mermaid. Oh god! And then of course he screams, "Merman!" You know, "Merman!" You know, which is so funny. <laughs> but 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 his line in the commercial where he's he's doing it for some, uh, you know, some lotion or or whatever or shampoo, whatever he's doing, and he, you know, and his line in the in the in the commercial is, "Moisture is the essence of wetness." And wetness is the essence of beauty. And I feel like uh, I'm going to caption that when I, like, share a clip of, like, LeBron hitting, like, like <laughs> a three-point shot or something. Yeah, what about uh, wetness is the essence of shooting? 
And shooting yeah. is the essence of offense. Of offense, yeah. So there's something there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Moisture is the essence of wetness. <laughs> um, yeah, that's 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 Zoolander. Is, is anything else you're looking for this week? Um, um, the Lakers news. I mean, I think I think we are at now. Finally, as of we're recording this on Labor Day, we'll uh, probably won't go up tonight. But uh, the Jazz players, I think, now that they were acquired from the Timberwolves, can now be traded. So perhaps, oh, that clears the way for something. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I I'm not in favor of that deal personally. You don't I like the don't jazz, the needle, the jazz for role players kind of thing. No, those guys are so bad defensively that it's like, why would you, why would you do it? Um, and Conley's bad. Like Conley's just not a good player anymore. So he might, he might be marginally better than Russell Westbrook, but he's a turnstile and he's not really an offensive. But Boyan's good. I mean, if you look, Boyan's good, but he's a turnstile. Like if you, I like Boyan. I like Boyan a lot, but he is probably overpaid and he's a turnstile. I guess Conley, the, if you look at his playoff stats, is like, oof. And he's yeah. under contract for a couple of years. Yeah, I guess if they could squeeze Vanderbilt, they sure can't. I, the, I mean, that I would guess, be cool, but again. I guess the argument is basically like they already – it would almost be like it's like one big trade but in two trades. So they already got the defender from the Jazz. The thing is, I don't think it moves the needle enough, and it locks up their salary cap for the next year. And like, when you could then make a move on Kyrie with full, um, with full max slot or nearly a full max slot, right? Like, I wouldn't, and- I wouldn't, Jeff. I, I don't think it's like, oh, now you're an obvious title contender. Pull the trigger, you know. And if you can't become that, as the Lakers have said, they shouldn't do it because they have an opportunity to get under the salary tax tax line, reset the tax clock, and then pull the trigger on a on a max slot next offseason for somebody like Kyrie. Yeah, that's a big thing for this, which is like if if people are kind of like, well, what, I get that they want to keep next year's cap sheet open besides LeBron and AD, but how about like one guy who's worth yeah. $12 million? They, they The whole thing is they want to get under the repeater tax um, yeah. so they can reset that, which for the bus family trust means something. Um which also for the Yankees, but we can get into that another time. <laughs> which there is a that's our today Yankees about and movies podcast. <laughs> there was a report today about how Steinbrenner, like literally behind the scenes, advocating for stricter tax penalties so that the Yankees can. It's a long story, anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think I think this worked. I think we did a pretty good job here, Zoolander and the Lakers. Any other yeah. anything we missed? Yeah, Any we, other parallels? We, Any other movie, no, movie moments? No. No, we fixed the Lakers. I think we just we just got to get Westbrook to go left. I, I, what that is, I don't know if we know, but let's see. Darvin Hand, can you get Westbrook to go left? Just give him some of that Hansel tea, and he can make anything yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just last last thing for you: rank the sort of top line performances in the movie. Uh, for me, it's. One, Will Ferrell, because every line reading he gives is just so funny. Like, it's just Hilarious. everything he does is perfect. The way he skips across the screen in one of those last scenes. I don't remember well, also, exactly what's happening, but, like... It's the setter for Anstein. That scene where he's, like, he skips across the screen. To, oh, yeah. To, to the model, and he says, what is the setter for ants? It's yeah. honestly one of the more funny scenes ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's an all-time... And then, Will Ferrell and, then, goes, and then Will Ferrell, he goes, he's setter for ants, and he throws it, and then Will Ferrell goes... Uh, he's absolutely right. 
<laughs> yeah, so Will Ferrell is the funniest part of this movie. And then honestly, it's Ben Stiller. Like Ben Stiller's like like chimp like physicality is so funny. Like when he's like actually being a monkey, like from two thousand one and jumps up on the jumping up and down off the desk and just like the way that he does the whole like, you know, karate stuff when he's going to kill the prime minister and yeah. in the the hands in the pants when he's trying to get the underwear trick thing that Hansel had just done. Like there's so much physical comedy, like clown stuff in Ben Stiller's performance that I think really just it just it just really makes the movie for me. There there's there's one line in that walk off right before he does that when he sees Hansel do the in the pant pull out his underpants, do that thing. And then I forget who he's sitting who Ben Stiller's sitting next to. But they're just like Oh uh, it's uh it's uh uh, it's that model, Tyrese. What's his name? Oh, it's Tyrese. Um, yeah, it's Tyrese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, yeah, Tyrese Gibson. Yeah, and it's Tyrese, and he's like, "You can do this." <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just find that so funny. He's like, you can, you can do this. Um, and then, and but... then David Bowie. David Bowie's three. I, the thing is, that everybody's so good in this movie. They're all perfect. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's, it's a perfect. It's really movie. Good. And I, I, to this day, have never seen the sequel and probably will not, but yeah. Same, same. Yeah. I don't want to ruin that for myself. Um, thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, this was super fun. Um, yeah, we'll try to think of some, I mean, let's see, coming weeks, we got training camps a few weeks away, so we'll see if anything happens, but we'll come up with something. Um, training camp, training day? Training camp, training day. <laughs> hey, downtown LA. Let's do it. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I am King Kong. What does he say? King Kong got nothing on me. Yeah. Yeah, save it, save it for the pod, man. This right, is we'll all content. All right, yeah. sounds good. All right. All right. Um, well, anyway, thanks. That's it. Thank, thanks for listening. Um, check us out anywhere you get your pods. Read me and Cooper. Silver Screen and Roll on Clutch Points. Uh, we can read minds. <laughs>